Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes. With our most recent episode on Star by Star, we've now reached the halfway point of the New Jedi Order series, and I thought it would be kind of cool to bring the whole gang in for a little roundtable and see what my five co-hosts are thinking going in to the second half of the NJO. I want to start with the three that haven't read the series before. Kat, I'll start with you since it's been the longest since you've been on the show. How are you enjoying the series? I love it and I hate it. They've made me fall in love so hard and then taken it away. I was so, so excited to get into this book because it is uh, definitely a big one and I have big emotions about it. So I'm ready to talk about it, but I think they're doing a bang up job so far. Scott, how have you enjoyed the first nine books of the series? Nine books. It's a lot. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, I think it's really good at capturing a, a big sweeping story with a lot of different engagement points. Um, I think it excels there. I'm really enjoying that and <clears throat> how connected the worlds feel and everything. There are some things, well, maybe we'll get into some of those things later, but there, I, I have trouble following a lot of the battle sequences. A lot of the action is described and I find myself giving up sometimes. And I don't know whether it's just because I'm trying to go fast or, um, or whether I'm just like, well, okay, they won. The outcome is what's important, not necessarily the, the battle maneuver. Because I do find they do a good job when they find a new strategic advantage that they can, you know, um, take that they can that they can use to their to their advantage. They do a good job of explaining those, but like the little details, sometimes I just let them go. But in general, I like the sweeping plotline a lot. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm excited to see what it all means for the Jedi at the conclusion. That's what I care most about. Right. Yeah. Now, K2, you and I spoke a little bit about the whole first half of the series in our last episode. But just to reiterate, how are you doing? Have you recovered from the last book you got? No, I have not. And I don't plan on recovering. And I am quite happy that I have the last book in the series because I'm planning on it being and they lived happily ever after. Because if I bury more people, um, we're going to have words. But I really expected this to be like sweet little Jedi comic booky stories. I didn't know what I was getting into. And ch- killing Chewbacca, I should have known, but I didn't. I thought it was a gimmick as a plot line. I didn't realize that um, they would be so brutal. <laughs> When they told us these stories, but I think it's fantastic. It is well exceeding my expectations, but I'm hundred percent with Scott. The battle stuff. Sometimes huh? I'm like, when is the end? When is it over? Because I really can get quite lost in the, in some of it. And then some of it I can yeah. picture perfectly. So it's really interesting how um, different it is. And I think it could be by author too. So I started um, the new book and 
um, not to give anything away, but there is a there's a sequence um, in there that I could follow quite perfectly and right at the kind of the beginning. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then some of the stuff in Star by Star, I had to read three times. And then I just said, I don't think that's the point of reading the book. <laughs> Let's just keep moving on. Um, so anyway, I think it's fantastic and it's way, way better. Than a lot of the layout of the ship in Star by Star too, just totally lost me. Like, I don't know where you are. It's a big ship. You're getting places fine. I, I stopped trying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you still, are you talking specifically of the world ship on Merker? Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. assume it's a world ship and that they talk about it orbiting the planet. So I, I kind of always envisioned it like a small moon. Yeah. They give a size for it, actually. Mm. I, I think part of I think I think part of the point was for you to feel like you're lost because yeah, the characters were lost. But two at the end when they're explaining the I think of it like a honeycomb of the Dovin Basalt thing, I did not get that at all. I'm like, all right, something's happening that they're like jumping around on. Okay. <laughs> Matt and Jay, like me, you guys have read this before. I think it's pretty obvious that I've read it the most. I think this is my fourth time through the series. How are you enjoying it here this second time? Jay, Jay, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, you know, I, I remember bits and pieces of this series. So in some ways it's great because I'm familiar with it. And other times it's like almost reading it for the first time because it's been so long. And so I remember these details, just not where they happen necessarily, like in what book. But it also, like, I was such a huge Star Wars fan that this is almost like, it feels like coming home when I'm reading this. It's it's just comfort. And even with all the stuff going on, it, it's like, to me, this is some of the best Star Wars out there. Matt, how about you? I'll tell you what, Jay, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I've never been more stressed out reading a book, I think, than I was during the star by star Anakin is injured and still trying to fight through it sequence. I was so stressed out. You guys, I was just like every page just hurt. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you asked how I felt about it this time. Um, you know, when, uh, let's see, when I was younger, I listened to an album by a guy named Pete Yorn and I thought the album was lame because I wasn't ready for it. Um, and then I come back later and realize how great the album really is. That's how I am with the new Jedi order. The way that they tell stories, like Scott said, the way that they're able to dig into each of these characters and give them the due credit that they deserve because there's 19 books. You don't have to skim over everybody. Uh, K2 and Aaron, you guys talked about in your last episode, how, a lot of these Jedi that were part of this Merker strike force were introduced really quickly and then they were dead. But you still, even though that's true, you still found yourself caring about them. They do a great job yes. of of uh, introducing their relationships to each other and their their insights and their motivations in a way that makes you go, holy crap, I love this guy. I hate to see them die. Yeah. And yet you only met them 30 pages before. I totally agree. And Aaron made that point. He's like, ah, they're new. And I was like, I love them. And I was like, I want to see where they go. And I want to see them get married. And yeah. I, I, I like, want to get their Christmas cards. This is Will getting killed by the, yeah. by the others all over again. 
So, so I, I'm more prepared for it, Aaron, and I'm excited about where it's going. Like Justin, I remember the main points, but I don't remember how they got there. So a lot of it's new for me. So I'm loving it. One of the first things you said, Matt, was you're now ready for this. What weren't you prepared for the first time you read the new Jedi Order. I wonder if I was so young that it was kind of like K2, where I was just expecting the good guys to come in and clean house, you know, just like the Crystal Star or Darksaber or any of those other Legend Star Wars books that we'd grown accustomed to. And to get this more gritty look, I don't know if Star Wars was ready for the new Jedi Order when it came out. Um, it's gritty. It's human. Uh, the... The, philo- the philosophizing that they do with the force and the motivations of the Yuzhan Vong and the politics, it's its pretty advanced stuff, and I don't think I was ready for it back when I first read it. Kat, what were your expectations when you you know, decided to join this endeavor to read 19 books in about nine and a half months? I... I honestly don't know what I was expecting. I was coming off of Clone Wars, so I knew there was potential for some really good character action in there, but we were meeting all of these new characters, so I really didn't know what direction they were going to go in. And I feel like they still, like, even in nine books, we go through so many twists and turns with these characters, and especially after Star by Star, it's, like, almost restarting, like, right after Chewbacca's death, like, what is going to happen to these characters now that one more person that you thought, like K2 had said, had plot armor? I was all all prepared for the plot armor to encase some of these other people and like going forward, and that is not the case. So I'm worried about absolutely everybody, and I'm pre-devastated for any other deaths and destruction that may occur. Well, all I can say is... Keep that in mind. That's all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's garbage. Keep those tears. Hey, Keep Aaron, those tears. Aaron, can I, ask, can I ask Scott and Kat and K2 a question? Sure. Um, guys, how have you felt about uh, the the callbacks to the histories of some characters? I'm thinking in particular of like Tenel Ka, you know, the Jedi with one arm. Um is it confusing when they call back to old stories? Cause like Aaron and Justin and I have read a lot of those. So when they call back to old things that happened prior to these books, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, I remember when that happened. Has it been difficult for you guys? Or do you feel it's been written in a way that you get it and you're fine with it and you're ready? That doesn't bother me. I think I just recognize, I don't know that story, but it's relevant and, I keep moving. I think probably because of the pace we have to read these books too. <laughs> I don't necessarily over, over. And, and every once in a while I have looked at Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but I do so in a way that I won't it's get hard. spoiled. Um, because I don't want to be spoiled on anything. Um, well, except for that one thing about Nominor back on your first book. The Nominor thing I did, but it, you know, it wasn't terrible, but I did. I didn't realize I was spoiling myself on that one, but that just made me feel like I was like, a very episode or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Scott or... Um, I definitely think that they kind of do really good little teasers that make me want to eventually go back and read those other stories where that action happens. I think some of the authors are a little bit better than others at it. 
but especially about like um, Tanel Call, I think they kind of give you that little tidbit of don't you want to find out how this happened and kind of the story around it. So I think they do a pretty good job of yeah. putting that in <clears throat> I haven't tried to pay attention close enough whether it's author by author how it varies, but it seems like there's two ways to do it. There's one way where they just kind of reference back to their, and they're like, hey, if they want to figure it out, they'll go read those books, and maybe this is a little tease to get them to do that. But most of the time, they give you kind of just enough to explain what happened such that you have context without going into the whole story. And I appreciate it when they do that. I really like when they do that. It makes those characters richer. It makes the world feel more lived in and the characters, not, you know, Will in the, in the Night's Watch, you know, uh, even though he feels pretty lived in too sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I really appreciate when they do that, right? I, I enjoy that. I'm willing, despite the pace we have to go, uh, I'm willing to spend, you know, the extra two paragraphs reading about how those things happened. It, it interests me. But when they don't, it's just kind of like, okay, little tidbit. I don't need, I don't, I, yeah, I don't need to know more. It's okay. <laughs> I, it I don't let it distract me. See, I want to chime in on this too, because like, I remember reading a lot of those books, but again, it's, I'm reading the, I'm seeing these and something in my brain is going, Hey, you, you read this 20 years ago. And you know, did I remember when I picked up Vector Prime, why Kip Duran was important? No. <laughs> and it's the little drops that they've got where I kind of like, Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that series where that stuff happened. <laughs> It's crazy that even like I, a lot of them, if you, unless you're playing really close attention and are like a legends expert, like Aaron, you are not going to catch some of these things like that Rodian that got killed on the book that I just covered edge of victory two. Yeah. And remember Anakin and Tahiri went to try to help him and he managed to whisper the word before he died. That's a character from a previous book. He was in, I can't, it was I Jedi or something, Aaron. And yeah, I Jedi. He went on to become a Jedi, and they throw him in here. They do that all the time with these little guys, and I think it's really cool how they find different ways to bring these uh, very minor characters in and just give them little spots and little moments to shine. I Jedi, just a l another little tidbit. One, I can't stand that book, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we talked about that one. Yeah. Mainly because We're not friends it, anymore. I know, I know. It's probably Jay's favorite. It it's, is one of my favorites. It's a Corin Horn centric book. It's written in first person, which is what really turns me off. I, I just I don't like first person. Uh, I try to get past it, but there's a lot of times I don't. And what's who's the central first person? Is it in? Yeah, it's I. No, it's uh, Cornhorn. He's the guy that at the beginning of the New Jedi Order, he was the guy at Ithor when Ithor was destroyed, and then he With the cool extending lightsaber. Yeah, he he took the blame for it and went into self exile. Anakin and Tahiri's uh, chaperone. Last in the book, book you covered. Yeah, yeah, he shut up. He shut him in a locker for seven minutes in heaven. Yeah. and saved their lives. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you guys took him to task for that. <laughs> yeah. he was I, hey, the I didn't. I didn't. I did. The dad I did. of that group I did. did. Not me. I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm, I don't have any children. The dad of a 14 year old girl did. I was like, what <laughs> were you thinking? <laughs> Let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. Is anything not working for you guys in these stories? Uh, Scott, you alluded to it at the top of the show. 
Anything not working? Well, for writing you? wise, I was talking about the the battle sequences and, and some of the things that I just don't think are. I don't want to take the authors to task or anything. It's, I just I can't get my head around some of them. Story wise, the thing I find that uh, I'm probably alone. I don't love the Yuuzhan Vong period. I don't. I I do appreciate they've gotten into their philosophy a lot more in the most in the more recent books, and I like that. I like where that's going. I think actually what I don't like is the fact that they've set them up. They set them up in the early books to be like these battle master warriors that can take Luke and Mara on one on one and nearly beat them. To now they they the Jedi just kind of shred through them now, right? And same thing with the Voxen. At the very beginning of this book, the one we just finished, the Voxen seem like this nearly impossible force to contend with. And by the end of this book, they're just kind of cutting through them five at a time. And well, they did kill nine Jedi. Uh, well, or eight. I'm sorry, they killed some eight. people. Killed. You mean on the ship? So nine Jedi died, or eight Jedi died. But yeah, the Voxen didn't get them all. But. I don't know. I, it felt I, and I guess there's there's some degree like you have to do that, right? Like if you want to have battles, people have to die, and you don't want it to always be your heroes. So, you know, you got to make them, you got to make them beatable. But the way they set them up, they felt like they were anytime, anytime you were going into a battle with a Yuuzhan Vong, you were in trouble, right? And it doesn't feel that way to me anymore. So I don't like that. It's not working great for me. They've also had two years to kind yeah. of hone in on their tactics and understand their their opponents True. right yep. so They've learned there, there's a learning curve there where you don't understand at all how you're supposed to fight them to getting to a spot where you can't actually hold your own it's true they've learned they've learned about the weak spots in their armor about the technology they use they've certainly learned that's true I think they were also caught off guard at the beginning of the series. Like they didn't know these guys were such a threat. So they just kind of could come at them. And now they're just a bit more prepared. And they're, I think the arrogance that we talked about in star by star was, is part of the Jedi way. And that's what I felt at the beginning is they were too arrogant to know something was really a threat. So maybe they just were properly scared. A little bit. Um, and they had a plan for the Voxen. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not as not as worried about that. As, as usual, I'm the biggest critic. Well, is there anything else so far in the first nine books that hasn't worked for UK2? But besides the fact that they're killing off your babies one by one. Besides, yeah, the fact that they killed somebody <laughs> named Anakin Solo off the book. That's my biggest <laughs> anger point, certainly. Um yeah, that they're messing with my babies. But um, honestly, no, I kind of just read it for what it is. So I don't actually, I mean, it's Scott's job, right? And Matt's job to critique a story from their other podcasts. And I read to see what they tell me. So I don't catch a lot of the stuff that's as annoying. I think that um, it did take me a while to get used to the Yuuzhan Vong. But I actually... I'm very interested. I'm assuming it's going to pay off. So even though I appreciate Scott's position, I'm giving the story the benefit of the doubt. Um, I really like how they like hate technology and they're very into like nature. They're like, get that, like that thing out of my way. Like the 
whap somebody's iPad out of their hands and they only want to use like the Yamasks and <laughs> the Voxins as weapons. I think there's just some cool things to them. I don't still totally get them, but part of it's because I think, especially at the beginning, I read through their chapters too fast. Um, I was skipping really fast. Um, so in that sense, Scott is right for me, but I'm also like, I don't care. Um, because I assume I'm going to really, I want to really hate them or I want to really understand them. One of the two. The technology thing is cool. It feels like that's shifting to me. Right? A little in some characters that they're, they seem less Scott, concerned about it. I think by the end of the series, you're either going to be fully like me and think Naminor is one of the greatest characters in the history of Star Wars, or you're absolutely going to hate him one way or the other. Could be other. both. From here, from here on out. It's, it could be. But could we think he's a great character and still absolutely. hate him? You could. Absolutely. You could. I'll tell you one thing that, that's, there's not a lot that's bugged me like overarching, but some stuff that I'm starting to roll my eyes at a little bit is the constant Jedi arguments. The Anakin. Oh, that's and Scott's Jason's. favorite part. R.I.P. R.I.P. Anakin, but the is like, oh my gosh, here goes Jason and Anakin again. Or oh, Luke's holding a meeting and Kip Duran's going to interrupt and say something. <laughs> yep, it's good. It's happening again. That stuff's getting a little old. But when you've got 19 books, I suppose you can do a few of those. The arguments haven't moved a lot, right? I wouldn't mind them if the arguments moved a lot. They have. It's the same thing. Kip's like, we need to be action oriented. Luke's like, we need to wait and see. Okay, fine. Well, like you said, Matt, in your last episode, like you'd think that Luke would have a handle on this by now. Like, get rid of this guy, or <laughs> get everybody on chance board. Chance like, after chance after right. chance. <laughs> it's been two years of these arguments, and we cannot come to some kind of a consensus or anything. So, Kip Duran definitely has eighteen lives when it comes to Luke. Wait, does Kip get his own book? Uh, Kip had some books before the New Jedi Order. They weren't really his own like, book, but he was one of the main characters like in those books. Don't say I, you like I kind of like Kip. <laughs> he has his moments. He does. He has his moments. It's not as a person. I'm not inviting him over to Thanksgiving, Scott. But, like, I like the, the yeah. role he yeah. plays because I think he breaks up some interesting dynamic. And sometimes when he swoops in, I'm like, mm, yeah, welcome back. I don't know. There's something about him... <laughs> in this that I I like and I wouldn't mind getting like a book on him I mean we have 19 bucks I'm like do you think we could anyway I like again I don't want to like go on a date with him <laughs> Ganner is right some moments there in this, Ganner's he right has there. some moments in this uh, Dark Journey book that are kind of important for him so more important Jay than how about you on a anything, uh, anything not working this second time around I, I touched on it in one of my earlier episodes, just how the use of Vong were very bland at first and very hard to discern between where, uh, and now we're at the point where they're, you know, their names, you're seeing the different casts that they're in, um, you know, the, whatever attachments they have, like, so there's a lot more description going into their appearance. So you can actually tell that they're very, very different. Um, but overall, you know, it's, I, I, I still love it. I never really had a problem with these books to begin with. And when these, uh, like when these books came out, having a non dark Jedi Sith bad guy 
was amazing because every other book, that's pretty much what you deal with. It boils down to, are they a fallen Jedi? Are they a dark Jedi? Are they some sort of dark force user? And it was like, okay, like you have an entire galaxy out here. Find something else. And that this is completely off the charts with what they what they went with. Do we not have any dark Jedi? Or we had two in this. Uh, well, in the last episode or in the last book, we had Lomi, Plo, and Will. Right, and I can't figure out what Vergier's story. Oh, we'll get to her later. Oh, we'll get to her later. We'll get to her, and everyone will say, "Oh, oh." <laughs> Spoiler alert! I'm going to say, "Oh." <laughs> I, I did actually want to talk about Lomi Plo and Welk because they were apparently at Dathomir. Um and Lomi Plo is a, a night sister and Tennille Kaz from Dathomir. And I'm like, so Lo, like I actually found it funny when Lomi Plo was like, Well, where were the Jedi when they invaded Dathomir? I was like, They they were fighting. <laughs> they were holding them back. Like, where were you? <laughs> Where were all the night sisters? Like, what were you guys doing? Why aren't you riding up on your rancors? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> I think your one of the things I really liked about the Yuuzhan Vong and what they did, though, strategically is uh, using the Peace Brigade and, and humanity against the Jedi, which I thought was a really clever thing. And watching humanity turn on itself, well, not just humanity, the New Republic turn on itself, was was really interesting to watch, right? What's really interesting to watch is uh, K2 going through her house. I'm trying to exactly figure <laughs> out what, what she's, where she's I'm, going. I'm so hot in the back room. And then the front of the house, there's too many cars. In the back of the house, all the neighbors. So now I'm back sitting. It was just it was too warm. Feel free to edit that out. <laughs> so the th- this is one of my favorite stories in any Star Wars, but there are times where it delves a little too hard sci-fi for me. It's one of the things that happens toward the end of the series that is really one of the only things I don't like about the series. Uh, we obviously will get there uh, in time, but yeah, that that's the only thing is sometimes I think it's a little too hard sci-fi. I like when Star Wars is more soft sci-fi. What do you mean by that? Like uh, like how Star Trek gets really sciency? Yes. Uh, when, when like we, we were talking in, about with the hydrogen, yeah, whatever. Sure, there's that. Skip right over that, it. I, I, yeah. I still say the good boy, Dovin, Dovin basils, Dovin basals, however you want to pronounce them. Um, the fact that these things create tiny little black holes, like why doesn't? Yeah, I, I just can't picture Where that. Where they go? Why doesn't everything get sucked into them? The, you, you is know? there just like a void of kind of missiles the... floating around and laser bolts, like bouncing around in this place? They're they all some transported outside of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah it's weird. The Dovin Basal has kind of become like the Swiss Army knife of the Yuzhan Vong. It's like, well, they just yeah. Yeah. anytime <laughs> yeah. they have to explain something yeah. that's kind of weird, they just go, oh, just the just Dovin Basal like yeah. reacts, and then it. It's does like a lazy. Lazy mechanism to get rid of. Yeah, it pulls them out of hyperspace. The force for the Jedi. (laughs) It does everything they need it to. Yeah, it's kind of the force for the Jedi. It's like it's their sensors. We've talked about everything that isn't working so far. Some of the big things that have happened so far. Obviously, Chewie's death, Anakin's death, Jason getting captured, Coruscant falling, Matt. I know for you and I, 
the end of our boy Borsk. Borsk is Borsk. gone. Pour one out. Farewell. Kill, yeah. He killed oh more Vong than any Jedi has so far. So. And how oh, fitting. Love Borsk. How fitting. I mean, we've been with Borsk. Think about it. We've been with Borsk since 1991 in the Heir of the Empire trilogy. And then in um, the, chrono- the chronology of the books, he first appeared in X-Wing Rogue Squadron, which takes place before the Heir to the Empire yeah, it's like three trilogy. like four so, years after Return of the Jedi. He's been around for 24 years in, in the Legends timeline. And he's such so. a fascinating character, right? Like, oh, all he wanted to do was to get to the top of the government. So he gets to the top of the government, and what happens? Coruscant's invaded under his watch. But then what does he do? He still goes out as a hero by blowing up 25,000 Yuzhan Vong or whatever. So... He's just such a fascinating character. I've loved him. Love he, him. he really is too. And it, like, but even Leia says that she's like, I've dealt with him for this many years, and I still don't know what game he's playing. <laughs> I just know I don't trust him. <laughs> and and just when you think you you figured him out, he does the complete opposite thing. Like in Star by Star, where he's calling Han and Leia and saying, "No, like I actually want you to like I'm endorsing you guys." You know, I'm stood in front of the entire Senate and said, hey, I'm endorsing the Jedi, and they're right, even though I've been kind of on the fence about it this whole time. Like, and everyone was just like, where did that come from? <laughs> Man knows how to read a room. <laughs> Too late, yep. though. Too late. Yeah, exactly. Too late. Yep. Let's take a quick break when we come back. More with our new Jedi Order Roundtable. I'm Aaron Motes. You're listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. Thank you for listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. And if you're a fan who'd like to meet other Legends buffs, you can check out Legends Con this September 9th and 10th in Burbank, California. Legends Con is a fan-run convention focused on celebrating the books, comics, games, and other media from the old Star Wars Expanded Universe. And it's hosted by the Legends Consortium a fan-run organization that wants to bring together fans to celebrate legends in a positive environment. It will feature vendors, artists, and authors from the old EU, including special guests Randy Stradley, Matthew Stover, Karina Bechko, Sean Stewart, Barbara Hambly, and Abel G. Pena. LegendsCon is open to all ages and will be held September 9th and 10th, 2023, at the Marriott Convention Center in Burbank, California. Proceeds from the event will be donated to the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Tickets are on sale now through Eventbrite, and you can provide additional support through Kickstarter or coffee.com. For more information on LegendsCon, visit legends-con.com. Check out at legends underscore con on Twitter and Instagram, or at Legends Consortium on Facebook and Tumblr. Once again, that's Legends Con, coming September 9th and 10th in Burbank, California. Welcome back to the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes, and I'm joined by Kat, Jay, Matt, Scott, and K2 as we talk about 
the first half of the New Jedi Order series. The two big things, really, in... No, not really. Uh, the, the, the one big thing, really, in the New Jedi Order series is the Jedi trying to come to terms with how they are going to interact with the galaxy. Scott, you alluded to it before. It's mostly personified by the debates between Jason and Anakin. Well, now Anakin's gone. Jason has been captured. Kat, I'll ask you, how do you think this internal debate with the Jedi will manifest itself, if it does, going forward? Or does the debate change? Man, I, uh, I feel like there's definitely going to be a rift in half of them saying we should have taken action sooner and we maybe could have dealt with this. We could have all gone in to try and find um, the Voxel and um, taken them out and we could have had a huge strike force do that. Or on the other side, we shouldn't have gone after them at all. We should have really planned and replanned and really thought about it more. And um, so I think there's going to be a huge rift. I think that usually grief in like big, big events like this are make or break. I think this is one of those big moments. And I think it's, I think it's going to break them. I don't necessarily think it'll be that big unifying event. Oh, and K2, you thought it was going to be a unified event on the last (laughs) episode. My heart has been destroyed. (laughs) She's devastated. Troy Denning has just beaten you down. (laughs) I got the love interest that I have been waiting nine books for, and then they crush it into the dirt. So now now it's all over. I don't believe it. I was going to say, I I I feel like you should have been prepared for this reading the Game of Thrones series. I don't know if Justin this and Matt. This was supposed to be our break from that. I don't know if Justin and Matt and Aaron are playing coy, but I don't believe Anakin's dead. Maybe I've just been beaten beaten to death by George R. R. Martin. But if you don't see someone die on the page, you cannot trust that they're dead. And I. And the more you don't think you saw dead. Anakin die no. on the page? They saw his body. Yeah, well, they have his yes, body. They do have his body in a husk, and I believe he's been. He was doing a lot of things with the Force that we don't ever see any, that I've never seen Fair. anybody do. It's and like, I think remember, kind of, Fro- it's like John- Frodo kind of yes. looked like a husk in Return of the King after Shelob and everything. <laughs> right. So, so right, A, I mean, right. there's a lot of ways this could happen, and I'm probably just going to look like a complete idiot when, you know, we fin- I finished Dark Journey, and I'm like, well, yeah, he's still dead. But I'm sticking with it. I just There's just so many things that point to him not actually being dead. For one... At the end, the guard is holding him as a body shield and threatening to like cut him open as if that would save his life somehow. Why Why would that save his life? If, and then Anakin winks <laughs> if, to everybody. If he's already dead, why is threatening to cut him going to save this guy? Right? And his last words, his last words were ghost or graven or something. I'm sure. He, when, he, he, when Anakin, you know, quote unquote dies, it's like the force goes out of him. But he was, he was like... I mean, it's the the, force the book is called it. Star by Star. It was yeah, it was like the force just like burned so, him up. So I right? I have a question I, for I you. Then is Leia yeah. just faking it? No, I think I think what the force, whatever the force did to Anakin, feels like he expired. 
Liddy's gone. And and yeah, gone in the fourth. Not that's in fair. And also, I think it's possible that the Yuuzhan Vong have some sort of, you know, technology that that can mask them somehow, because Jaina again, a few pages, twenty-ish pages into the new book, she has a similar sense of not being able to sense Jason, um, that he seems gone, and I'm just I'm just not convinced. That's all I'm saying. I I have I, I'll probably look like an idiot, but. There are there are so many things well, in this story the... they've set up Anakin specifically to do that I just I'm not seeing it. Sorry, I you're I, so I happy at how stupid I'm going to look in two books. I'm glad when everyone's so happy at got, how stupid I'll look. I think I think I said it, but when I got to the part, I wasn't even sad because I was sure that yeah. he wasn't dead. I was just like I kept reading, and then. I had to kind of go back because I go, I, but I was, I, I was, I was you for sure. I was like, there's no. Well, no one scroll down to the bottom of the star by star Wikipedia page because it'll ruin exactly what happens. Wikipedia is dangerous, man. The end of it. <laughs> I mean, you, I know you there's a main know. character in this new Jedi order series. I won't say who, but if you look up a certain main character, just the title of that character's page is a significant spoiler. Oh, really? Significant. So, just be super careful. It's Anakin Solo, and it's a <laughs> Anakin Solo is alive. That's the title. So is Jesus. <laughs> He's my Elvis. Scott Parentheses, was right. Force Ghost. Scott was right. Yeah. So, well, Scott, one of the things that we talked about when we did Destiny's Way, again, one of your favorite things cool. up to that point was the debate between Anakin and Jason. If Anakin is dead, and since Jason has been captured, do the Jedi continue this debate? Well, I, th- I think the 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 debate that they're having uh, is one that <clears throat> they've used those two characters to have that debate so far. But that debate will be thrust to the for- very forefront of discussion as the Jedi now determine what to do. It's kind of always been what they've been talking about. Do we take action? Do we sit back? What do we, you know, we can't use force. We can't be aggressive. That's the way the dark side, all that stuff. But they're going to be refaced with it now, right? Coruscant's taken. Luke even says, I don't have the quote here, but it's something like, it's up to the Jedi now to, to save the New Republic. Now that Coruscant has fallen. He says something, almost that exact sentence in Star by Star. Um, and so that question is still going to be thrust. Okay, it's up to you. So offensive then right or not and so i think they're all that that argument is going to be thrust in front of everyone right and so you could have like almost anakin disciples and jason disciples right and they the the jason party and the anakin party and the, they fight or something right but uh i could see that again though i don't think jason or anakin are gone for good so well and you have kip which is a different yeah, Kip and Luke are. He's like on Anakin's side to the nth degree. Yeah. He, he's the. Yeah. He, he's Anakin's the. Uh, Anakin's the. But they the could middle. all pivot. Yeah. They could be pivoting, yeah. right? Where they all start to take different positions. I think Anakin's death is going to affect everyone, right? People that when weren't even close to him. And sorry. <laughs> in the next series, in twenty-five years, when he actually dies for real, but um. I don't know. I think everyone could shift a little and they could reverse positions. They could Or take a position, um, period, you know. Anakin and Someone Jason are here, right? Yeah. And maybe it pushes everyone to be more extreme. 
right? right? Yeah. This one, this yeah, next book, you start to see where Jaina's mind is going. And yeah, that was going to be my next question. Um, Kat, I'll ask you, toward the end of Star by Star, Jason, excuse me, Jaina, uses the dark side of the Force. Will we see repercussions of this in the future? And do you think other Jedi could follow Jaina's lead? Well, posing the question that way, I definitely think that the lines are going to be more blurred because they're like, if a solo kid can use the dark side and... All right, let me, let, let me, let me phrase it in a different way. When Jaina becomes the new Dark Lord of the Sith... <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, I, first of all, Aaron, if that happens... I burn my books, I light them on fire, and yes, they're on my Kindle, and I burn them anyway. Gotcha. She's going to go the way the Yuzhan Vong. Go ahead, No more Kat. technology, just nothing. No more technology. Only, Kat, please answer the question. Forgive me for inter- interrupting. Um, I definitely think that she's going to have a hard battle back, and I think that she's probably going to take some of the younger Jedi with her because they have been putting so much faith in the three solo kids to begin with. And especially, uh, she feels like she was the one that had her head on her shoulders a little bit more. She wasn't as back and forth. She wasn't as much into the arguments. So I think a lot of people put trust in her. So when she goes off the deep end a little bit, they're going to be like, absolutely, she has the right to go off that deep end and we need to follow her there. So I definitely think she's probably going to be taking a couple people on that journey with her. So... I definitely see some darkness in her future and some more. And that's why I think we're going to get that split between the Jedi even more because they're just going to, some of them are going to be reactive versus proactive in how that change happens. And Jane is interesting too, because she's not, she's not like Jason and Anakin where their whole identity is wrapped up in, in being a Jedi and being the right Jedi being a Jedi is like the second most important title in her life, right? She loves being a pilot. Yeah. That's really what she wants to do. And she's a doer. And she could too. choose. She, she's a doer. Like she's not a philosophizer. She, she wants, she sees yeah, the thing, and she just goes and does it. Right. Very much like her dad. Yeah. In that way. Right. She is the one that's most like Han. And, and you definitely see that in a lot of ways, but she's so different in that. She's not your typical Jedi. She's very adept at using the force. And, you know, she could kick anyone's butt with a lightsaber, but if she could pick, pick between that lightsaber and an X-Wing, we know what she would pick. But but we also know, too, that she's now suffering PTSD because she talked about that, how the deaths that of her wingmates are, have been piling up, piling up, piling up. And then when Anakin may or may not have died, it something in her broke and she's feeling that all of that grief now all of that responsibility and she's got PTSD. All right. So the little timer icon popped up on my Google meet says we only got about 10 minutes left. So the one thing I wanted to ask you guys here toward the end, Vergeer, she's an enigma is well, if she's your favorite cat, why, what, what, what is it you like about Vergeer and what do you expect to see from her in Walk the future? Into that one. <laughs> on purpose. 
Um, anytime we see the Yuzhan Vong's um, point of view, I could care less. I don't um, like their their machinations are not very interesting to me. But the minute you bring Vergeer into those scenes and you see her maneuvering and manipulating and walking between so many different ways of life so fluidly is so interesting to me. She is able to make these characters believe in whatever she is displaying at the time that she's doing that. She is helping Mara with her tears, maybe, not really. She's helping the Yuzhan Vong, but then also helps Jason kill the Boxen. Like, she is playing so many different roles, and I just love to see her work. I think she is very interesting in just watching her play so many different parts. Do I think she's going to be very bad at the end of all of this? Absolutely, and I'm very excited for it. I love me a villain. So I, I won't ask Jay and Matt this because you guys do know where Vergeer ends up. But how are you enjoying reading her this second time around? She reminds me a bit of, if we're going back to Game of Thrones, of Varys and her ability to play all sides and do all of those different things. I, I'm frustrated by her for sure can't quite figure her out because I do know where things end up in the end. Can't remember how they get there though. Uh, so I just shrug my shoulders and we'll just see what happens. I, I've basically attributed her to one of the great mysteries of the force and you know w- what she is, where she's from. Does it matter? Scott, how about you? Yeah. I feel sorry for your listeners that keep having to listen to Song of Ice and Fire references, but I think Varys is a good one. I, I feel like just like Varys has his ideas and this whole motivation of a, a separate plot, every, a completely different game than pretty much everyone else is playing, I feel like Vergeer has uh, some motivations that come from before she was even captured and made a familiar, um, for, to maybe to protect the planet where her people come from, something like that. I, I feel like her motivations are way off the map from anything we're even thinking and the game she's playing is using everybody to get to that end goal. But what that is, I have no real idea. And K2? I mean, she's definitely a force user, right, as we learn. And um, I think that every time she's done anything for one of our heroes, it was clearly, in my mind, veiled behind something that she's going to gain from, right? Like, she saves Jason so so she can turn him over to to the Yuzhan Vong. Or she didn't save him because she liked him. And then she was crying and ah, it's all a game. She's playing a really, really good game. She may be um, slightly confused. Do we know how old she is? I know how old she is. Do we? Do I know how old? You she do is? not. I, is, <laughs> go to that Wikipedia page. I, 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 I won't. I'm not. Go, I will not go there for her because I know I will get destroyed or ruined. But like, I think she's ultimately, in my opinion, ultimately bad for our heroes. I think that she every step she's taken that looks good for us is because it advances her. I don't know what her game is, 
But as a Dark Force user, as some sort of Sith adjacent, I don't know if there are any Sith running around. But um, I, I don't like her. I love her. And I hate her at the same time because I feel like she's just going to kill another one of my yeah. babies. The whole saving Mara thing just still is kind of... Yeah. Kind of throws me for a But she did. I, but did, did it end know. up almost killing she the did. baby, which would have totally brought conditions. Luke and... Did she know Mara, that? Did she know that? Well, right. at that point in time, Mara... It wasn't until the next book that Mara and Luke knew that Mara were, was yeah, pregnant. Was so did Vergeer know that Mara was pregnant? Do the tears have... Oh, it's a family podcast. Possibly. Do the tears have qualities that cause babies? Oh, like fertility tears? <laughs> fertility tears. <laughs> well, now you're getting into a subject that Star Wars doesn't really touch on. So uh, We're getting I, a little I would Star no. Trek here. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. Caution. Caution. <laughs> I will say that the first time I read the series, and the one of the things I do remember the first time I read the series, is I thought it was the most interesting thing I thought about Vergeer is when she uses the Force. And... Jason and Jaina can sense that she used the force. How? You know, she's with the Yuzhan Vong. They are absent in the force. All of their technology is absent in the force. They've come from outside of the galaxy. But they have someone with them who can touch the force, but it seems like she has not let them know that that was what was the most interesting thing about Virgir to me the first time I read it would they trust her if they knew she was a force user who's to say do they trust her now I don't even didn't know. we get confirmation in one of the earlier books that she is from a planet in this system she didn't come with the Yuzhan Vong like or she did but they got her from a planet in this system didn't they that's the story she comes with anyway Okay, that's what she says I also think that she is totally going to just take Jason under her wing and uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, totally manipulate his like non-committal and make him really make some questionable choices going forward. I don't think it's just going to be a Jason's capture and we get to do whatever we want. I think she's definitely going to be manipulating the heck out of that kid. Man, Cat is just our little dark rain cloud. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Vergeer is supposed to have feathers and be like kind of bird like. I still think of her as a bunny. I don't know why. I can't get I can't I don't know a why bunny. I can't get around it. That's what I think of. Anakin's every time. alive. Yeah. Vergeer's a bunny. I can't I can't I think the way <laughs> she was described, I just can't get through it. I can't I still Scott, do yourself a favor. She's an ostrich. Google Vergeer and just hit hit the images. Okay. Hit the images. That's all. And you'll see what Vergeer looks like. She is definitely Avian. I don't know how to read, so images is my team. I, I was going to say they, they describe her as avian features with a simian face. So, Bunny. like, you know, monkeys with a bird. Bunny. Look, I, <laughs> a feathered I monkey. Think got the wrong I'm with you, Scott. I just think it's you. a knockoff version. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, bunny like, and everybody's not dead. It's fine. It's just what I think of. I don't know. I, I mean, there was a Jedi Master in the book that I last covered that was kind of yes. bunny like. One last round, real quick, 30 seconds or less. I'm going to ask a question to the newbies who haven't read this before, and then a slightly different question for Jay and Matt. 
what are you hoping to see in the next two or three books? Scott, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm hoping to see the Jedi rally around together. Uh, I'm hoping to see, we didn't talk at all yet about the Yamask discovery that they made in this book, which I think is huge. Uh, that could totally turn the tide of the war, but I expect the use on Vong will counter it somehow. But I, I hope to see some military tactics where they're kind of figuring out, like one-upping each other, figuring out how to get over each other on the technology side. Uh, that's what I hope to see, and I hope to see Jason rescued because he's the best. That's it. Kat, how about you? I want more love. I want these characters to remember why they fight, and it is for each other. I want them, I want these character moments. I want them to see, like, look, we got to come together. We got to do this as a group, and we got to use everybody's abilities. But first of all, we got to love each other, and I want to see more makeout scenes. That's all. Yeah, I don't know how much love, love you're going to get, but in the next book, Jaina definitely gets some propositions from plenty of people. So Ooh, Let's go, Jaina. Uh, K2, how about you? What are you expecting to see in the next two I or three stories? See, I want to see Vicky Shesh like, brutally murdered. I want her dead. Um, yes, thank you, Scott. I want her gone. I do want to see a little bit more Kip. I do. I, I love it. My boyfriend, Kip. Scott, I know you love him so much. It's a family podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, I would like to see Jaina end up. I think her journey is the most interesting. Her and Mara, in many ways. I know Mara's kind of in the backseat, but like, I think Jaina's journey is, I've said this before, but like the human nature of it, I, I feel like she's, because she's going through it and in touch with everything, I really am excited to see where she goes. And what she ends up doing. And if they murder her, then expect more anger as I go through my um, coverage of the series. Matt, I'm not going to ask you what you want to see in the next couple books. But will you be reading them a little differently this time, knowing what is going to happen in the next couple books? Yeah, I'll definitely be looking for clues. For the end of the series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jay, are you the same? Um, honestly, I it's been so long since I've read it, I'm not even sure what I'm looking for. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Hope there's a hell of a lot more Force Lightning. You know, yes. may, maybe the resurrection yes. of Emperor Palpatine or finding <laughs> out so, someone is related to him. You know, stuff like that. Oh my god, stop. Like Vicky Chesh? Yeah, might no. be a great granddaughter. Thank you for listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. On the next episode, Scott and I will talk about the next book in the New Jedi Order series, Dark Journey by Elaine Cunningham. You can look forward to that episode coming out on August 18th. Until then, if you have a question or comment for the show, you can email me at swlegendslounge at gmail.com or send me a tweet at legendslounge1. Thank you so much for listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. I'm Aaron Motes. May the Force be with you. And remember, there's always a bit of truth in Legends.